Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, you may or may not hear our baby in the background. Adi is currently multitasking. She's holding the binky with the left hand, microphone with the right. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be how it is from <laughs> this, now on. This is life right now. Um, today, we have a question submitted by a listener, and we're going to answer it. And before we get into that, I want to remind you that if you're interested in having one of your questions answered on this show, you can go to workingagainstgravity.com forward slash podcast, scroll down to the start recording button, leave us a nice concise message with your name, where you're from, and what you want to know, Um, whether that be nutrition, personal development, relationships, whatever you would like us to talk about on the show. So let's play the question. Hi, Adan, Michael. My name's Kayla from Bradenton, Florida, and I was wondering what your best tips and strategies are for holding someone accountable without coming off too strong, but also while not getting pushed over. Kayla, thank you so much for submitting this question. Um, I feel like this is so squarely up a D's alley. And so the way that we're going to go about answering this is I'm just going to ask her a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. One thing that I want to mention before I launch into the questions is kind of a reminder about a concept that we've brought up a couple times on the show, which is something called the Hawthorne effect. The Hawthorne effect comes out of a study that was done on, it was like an electric company called Hawthorne Works. And the way the study was designed was that they told the factory workers that someone was going to be coming in to tamper with the lights. And what they found in that time is that productivity went through the roof. The people that were, quote unquote, supposedly um, working on the lights had nothing to do with the employees' work. Like they weren't looking over their shoulder. They weren't uh, interacting with them whatsoever. But the mere fact that there was someone around that they thought could be looking over their shoulder had a really, really big impact on productivity in that factory. And the reason that we bring this up is because... Your attention, whether you, you are a friend, you are, you're a coach, you're a therapist, a teacher, you're giving your attention and your presence to people and holding them accountable is one of the most impactful things you can possibly do. Just by being there for people, you make it so much more likely that they will succeed in whatever they're doing. So I just say that to highlight how important holding people accountable is. And that's that's why we have a business in the first place. We mainly just hold people accountable to what they say they want in their nutrition and fitness. I think that's what we do best, better mm-hmm. than anything. Better than, yeah, that's like what makes us, I guess, special or unique is our ability to hold people accountable, which is really helpful when people have really hard goals to achieve. Okay, so when you start working with someone how do you start to hold them accountable? What words do you use and what kind of things do you try to avoid? So I, when I'm starting to work with somebody, 
I think I do have the benefit of this person has opted in to working with me. So there is that initial mentality of you are coming to me for help and we are going, we already have um, a set schedule of when we are going to be talking to each other. So I'm going to be talking to this person at least at a minimum once a week formally, and they're going to be telling me how their week went. Or if they don't actually check in with me that week and we don't have a conversation or we don't connect, that's my opportunity to reach out to them and hold them accountable to this commitment that they've made. So when I'm starting to work with someone, um, which I guess can apply to anybody who's trying to hold somebody accountable, is we have commitments at the beginning. So someone who's opting into working with any coach at Working Against Gravity, you are committing to checking in with your coach once a week, listening to um, or following the program to your the best of your ability, and working with your coach to figure out how to make this how to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. So those are commitments that you've made. And if commitments are missed, that's an opportunity for me to ask questions or to reach out, or it's like a connection point. And we have like a ritual once a week, we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like what words I use, I generally try to ask as many questions as possible um, and speak tentatively. Like how does how does this feel? If I make a suggestion, like how does this feel for you? And leave it open so that they can feel like they're part of the process. I try to avoid um, dictating the process. Like this is what you need to do. I'll say things like, I'm seeing this. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. What I think would be the best next steps are this and this and this, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. Or how does that sound to you? Mm -hmm. Or things like that. Instead of just saying, I don't know, nutrition and fitness is like a really vulnerable thing. So instead of saying, this is what you're doing wrong, this is the right way to go, more so just explaining that this is my perspective and I could be missing information. One thing that you said, I'm going to use slightly different words, but one thing that you said in the beginning was that when someone signs up with you, they're kind of implying that they're giving Mm -hmm. you permission to hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. How is that different with, you know, maybe Kayla is talking about like a family member or a friend. How is that a little different? So let's say you have a family member or friend who says, I really want to lose 10 pounds or I really want to lose 50 pounds, or I really want to stop smoking cigarettes, whatever it is that they're trying to do, they haven't necessarily asked you, like, hey, I really want to stop smoking cigarettes. Can you hold me accountable to that? Or can you help me stop smoking? Or can you point out when you see me smoking and remind me that I don't want to be doing that anymore? They haven't asked you to do that. And they haven't given you permission to do that. And in these types of things... Um, people can get really defensive for good reason. Like they didn't ask you, people that want to change, they have to change on their own accord. You can't force someone to change. So if you're coming out and saying, hey, you're smoking and I heard you say that you wanted to stop smoking, there's this thing called ambivalence, um, meaning that they equally as much want to stop smoking as there's a piece of them that wants to continue smoking. So if you, without permission, say, hey, I know you want to stop smoking, which they already know, they're going to start defending the side of them that wants to continue smoking. And they go on the defense and they're like, actually, you know, I'm just going to do this one more time. Or maybe they'll make a snide remark towards you. And maybe that's what Kayla's talking about in terms of being walked o- on, o- like walked over or, um, right. Was that the Walked-on? word? Pushed over. Pushed over. Um, they haven't asked you to hold them accountable and getting that. It's not necessary. Uh, if you, especially if you know somebody really well, um, like for you, you don't necessarily 
ask me, you do ask me to hold you accountable to a lot of things, but there's sometimes you'll mention something and I'll try and hold you accountable to it regardless. But we have built that trust and rapport already that I'm going to do it in a way that doesn't push you. We do. And still with some things you say, how can I help? Mm. Or can I hold you accountable? Do you want me to hold you accountable to Mm. that? You still say that. And that's so, so effective. I really want people to ask for it or opt into it or it's their choice because I can't make somebody change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People are, they really care about their goals. They care about their habits. They care about getting rid of bad habits. Um, but they don't always want to be coached unless they specifically seek it out. And by putting the ball in their court, you really just give them the autonomy and just give them control over getting that for themselves rather than feeling like you're criticizing them. Mm -hmm. They're in the driver's seat. Right. So how might that change over time? How might the way that you hold someone accountable change over time? Like maybe they are continuing to not meet the commitments that they say they will commit or what am I trying to say? They not have, honor their commitments they, or they not follow through. their commitments and they just continue to fail that over and over. It's really tricky. It's really, really tricky. And my best answer to that is to continue to show up and support that person and to try and do as many different things as possible while still understanding that that person's going to change when they're ready to change. And there's there's a bunch, I have like 10 to 500 different strategies of things that I can try all the way from being straight up like, hey, we had this commitment. You asked me to hold you accountable. And what I'm noticing is that you're not following through on your commitments. How can we work through that Mm -hmm. together? Or making different types of suggestions like, hey, have you tried doing this? Or have you tried doing that? Or are you open to some things I've seen work for other people? Um, Just trying as many strategies as possible to approach the goal from a different angle. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about reflecting people's own words back to yeah. them, the power of that. Yeah, sometimes I feel like we can all probably relate where we either say something or we send something in a text message or in our case, it's through our software, Seismic. Um, and it doesn't feel the same when you're sending the information as it does reading information. So sometimes uh, I'll copy and paste or repeat the words that the client said to me back to them. And reading your own words you kind of absorb it in a little bit of a different way and it it makes you reflect on it and think, did I actually mean what I just said? Mm-hmm. Um, or, wow, I didn't even realize that I just said that. So I'll give you one example where I had um, a client that I was working with and she kept continuously giving in to temptations, in particular peanut butter, was this particular temptation that had its claws in her and we all have our issues with peanut butter. <laughs> and... One time she sent a check-in and I, she said something about peanut butter, I think it was 19 times in different ways, like, oh no, peanut butter again, or I just can't, you know, I can't stop myself when I start with peanut butter or it just, she mentioned peanut butter 19 times. And so I wrote back to her, so hey, do you think that we should consider, you know, taking a break from peanut butter, like maybe just removing it from Go your environment? Yeah. <laughs> peanut butter anonymous. Yeah. I mean, this is a funny example, but I'm just using it because I, I'm keeping things light yeah, on here. Yeah. Um, and she was like, I don't really think I have an issue with peanut butter. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so <laughs> I literally copy and pasted all 19 times that she had mentioned to peanut butter and said, 
I mean, I might be seeing this wrong, but this is just what I'm observing. This is the number of times and exactly what you said in reference to peanut butter in your last check-in to me. And I sent it all to her and she was like, wow, I didn't even notice that I had even talked about peanut butter that often. And it's kind of a silly example, but um, sometimes it might be like a, a bit of a a more serious one would be somebody who's talking in a self-deprecating manner and the way that they're talking about themselves is really hard. Mm -hmm. Like I suck. I hate my body. Um, I'm never going to achieve my goals. What's the point? I always do this. Yeah. And so reflecting that back to them and saying, Hey, I just want you to take a second and look at the way that you're talking about yourself Mm -hmm. and just send it back to them and just leave it open-ended. And that often gets people to, take a second and be like, whoa, or even saying, would you ever talk to a friend this way? Or mm-hmm. would you talk to me this way? Or maybe pay attention to how I talk about you and then pay attention to how you talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it kind of um, can at least ignite some conversations. Let's talk about the aspect of being pushed over. The, the fact that she said that makes me think it's not like she's coaching someone in a formal way because I don't see how that would be a concern. It must be like a family member or a friend or a training partner or something like that. And one thing about holding people accountable, um, first off, I don't encourage people to hold others accountable if they haven't asked to be held accountable because then you, um, you really run the risk of becoming their enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you like try to give them unsolicited Or they'll feedback. be sneaky. They'll start being sneaky around mm-hmm. you. Like let's say it's cigarettes. They'll start smoking where you can't see them mm-hmm. and make sure that you don't notice it. They'll start being sneaky around you because they didn't they don't want you to know what they're doing and they just don't want to deal with your accountability that they mm-hmm. didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. There is a distinction here between like coaching people on one hand and holding them accountable in that way and like I don't know, standing up for someone and really reflecting how they're behaving. Like if someone has been struggling with drinking for a long time and they keep saying to you that they want to quit, they want to quit, but they're not asking for help. At some point, I do think it's appropriate to say, hey, you've been saying this, but here's how you're behaving. You keep drinking. Is there any way that I can help? Mm -hmm. I think that's totally appropriate. Yeah, that's kind of like the can I hold you accountable thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, let's say you do get permission. Um, how, how not to get pushed over. The thing with holding people accountable is it takes courage. And it's kind of a risky business because a lot of times you're approaching people uh, and their bad habits. And they're, they're, they have this ambivalence. Like part of them really wants to hold on to them. And part of them wants to look good to you. And so if you bring up a way that they're not honoring their commitments or not being the way that they want to be, uh, it's very possible that they'll get defensive and they will um, kind of lash out or or react against Mm -hmm. you. That's just one of the risks you take being a great friend or a great family member. And I think we have to understand that. I have two things to say. Um, The first thing is I think that is what friendship and deep relationship is actually all about, is holding people to their best selves and pointing out where they might not be being their best selves while also allowing them to maintain their dignity. Meaning that you're not saying it in a way that makes them feel less than. You're saying it, you believe in them. You know that they can change. You're there for them. You're supporting them. And at the end of that conversation, they don't feel they don't feel like you've shamed them. You're right. not shaming them for it. They don't feel less than. Yeah. And then the second thing I want to say is that 
um, how to not be pushed over. Michael is a professional at this in terms of just holding your own personal boundaries. And this might not seem 100% obvious, but you holding your own personal boundaries around somebody is showing them how to do that for themselves. Meaning they might not like it if you hold a certain boundary, like, hey, I don't want to be spoken to that way. Or like, let's say maybe one of the pushed over examples is you're holding someone accountable and they'll just like text message you like at all hours of the day, expecting a response immediately. If you don't hold a boundary there, they're not going to learn how to, how to hold boundaries for themselves. And them being accountable to your boundary is another way that they can build confidence that they can do things and follow through on things. Mm-hmm. I think as much as somebody might not like you holding a boundary, like, hey, I can't answer your text messages all the time. I'm going to answer from this time to this time. Or if I take a while to respond just know that I'm, it's not that I don't want to respond, but I just am busy. Um, there's a piece of them that might be upset about it. There's a piece of them as well that is going to respect you for it. And I would hold that piece of them true. Also something that we do in our relationship is that I think reinforces this holding accountability is like, if you hold me accountable for my nutrition, it might not feel good right in the moment. Like I'm, I'm eating something you know I don't want to be eating. And you say, hey, do you want, really want to be eating that right now? Uh, it doesn't feel great in the moment. But then later, I might go back and thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. And then that makes it easier for you to do it the next time. And so if you're in a relationship or a friendship, this is just a way that you can reinforce a pattern of giving each other uh, constructive feedback. Yeah, I think in that too, like I, that's one of those things that I think is could be triggering for some people. And I just know that we've done that many times before. So it's not the case with you. Like you do things with me that other people are like, oh, I would hate it, but it just works for me. So you can also ask somebody how they want to be held accountable mm-hmm. and give them examples like, hey, is it okay if I see you doing something that you say you don't want to do? Is it okay if I point it out in the moment? Or would you rather me mention it later? Mm-hmm. Or like you can work together. It's going to be messy. Like everyone's different. Everyone's emotions like come up differently. If you're committed to really holding someone to this, then you're also committed to working through this messiness and this discomfort. And um, you can ask them how, what would be best for them. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean it has to be true. Then check in with them again. Another way that um, I have tried, so like we have a family member in our family who, um, they were looking to improve their health and fitness. And I could, they were saying things about themselves that I was noticing like, hey, I could help you with that. That's what I do, right? And I actually reached out to them and said, I want to have like a really hard and vulnerable conversation with you and just pointed out the things that I was noticing. I noticed that you said these things about yourself at this time in front of me. Um, is there a way that I can help you? And that's just like prefacing your asking or the conversation as this is going to be a hard thing for me to say, or this is really challenging. This is very vulnerable. Um, I think that also helps people just back off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps them immediately prepare. Like you can kind of brace. If you come up to me and you say, hey, I want to say something really hard or really vulnerable, I kind of brace a little bit just for the impact of whatever it is that you're going to say. Um, If I hear it without bracing, I don't have the opportunity to feel the same. Yeah, and the words, this is vulnerable for me to say, demonstrates that you're kind of softening yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it's uh, disarming for people. Mm -hmm. 
doesn't mean that they'll take it well every sure. single time, but um, it's a nice way. All you can do is hold your end of the street. Mm-hmm. Like all you can do is try and be the best that you can be and how they respond is totally up to them and it actually has nothing to do with you. So just try and be your best self in that moment. Awesome. Thanks, Kayla. Hopefully this was helpful. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.